0: You estimate you spend 40 minutes a day cleaning up your house, and I believe you were including cooking. I was just shocked. Do you have any advice for people who are chronically ill and unable to go strictly minimal? How to get yourself out of the messy middle. I'm looking forward to answering your questions today and one in particular about how long does it actually take you to do housework and all the things regarding the, the house. I'm glad we can continue this conversation. So I want to start with Melanie's question first, but then some other really great questions today about like, how do you, and so I'm looking forward to those as well. Welcome to the minimal mom podcast where simplicity meets inspiration on your journey to a clutter free and intentional life. Join us each week as we dive into practical tips, real-life stories, and expert interviews to guide you through the art of decluttering, intentional living, and finding joy in the simple moments. Whether you're a seasoned minimalist or we're just starting your journey, we're here to help you create a life with less stuff and more meaning. Let's declutter our homes, minds, and lives together. This is the Minimal Mom Podcast. Hey Don, this is Melanie from North Carolina. You said in a previous Q and A that you estimate you spend 40 minutes a day cleaning and up your house, and I believe you were including cooking in that. And I was just shocked because I have been working on getting minimal for years. I still spend a lot of time a day, every day, you know, several hours cooking and cleaning up the dishes and doing laundry and cleaning the house. Also a homeschool mama for. So I was just curious if you would ever be willing to answer a question about what is that? Were you including cooking? What does that look like for you? Or maybe even do a video where you show us the cooking and cleaning that you do every day. Thank you. I think this is such a good question. And yes, I do want to do a YouTube video dedicated to this as well. And this is a conversation that I've been continuing to have in my mentorship group and and other places too, because when I mentioned it, and I've mentioned it a couple places that I only spend a half hour to 40 minutes a day on housework. And that does include cleaning, cooking, organizing, putting stuff away, laundry, um, just household, like bills, mailing stuff, all that kind of stuff. And I had referenced a study done by Closet Maid, the, the closet organizers that's, that said women spend way more over that every single day. Here though is what I think is important for me to clarify is that our kids, they probably put in as much time as I do almost. So I don't, and, and our kids are older, they're ages nine through 14. So it sounds like you have little ones still. So when they were younger, infant through like four years old, then I would imagine that amount was higher because I couldn't rely on them for for as much help, but now our kids are nine through 14 and I I don't cook breakfast for them I don't cook lunch for them so they rotate through so everyone's in charge of their own breakfast and then they rotate through taking turns making lunch for everyone and so I help with dinner um, sometimes I cook sometimes I don't sometimes Adeline does sometimes Tom does our rule is whoever um, cooks doesn't have to clean up so then someone else will jump in and clean up each of our kids I've, I've shared this before, so I don't want to like reiterate all of it but they have a different area in our house that they work on so Adeline has the kitchen Maggie does laundry Corbin has the entryway, living room, and around their desk area, and then Gage does the bathrooms. So I don't do any of that stuff. Um, The kitchen is usually the main area that I help with, uh, whether it's cooking or cleaning. And then just kind of some of like the household tasks, like ordering groceries. And um, you know, I mean, Tom takes care of like the finance side of things, but you know, just the random household stuff, getting birthday gifts and uh, mailing cards and that kind of stuff, then that still falls on me. But the bulk of it is very much shared pretty equally amongst everyone in our household. Now, we didn't get here overnight. This has taken practice and trial and error and figuring out who does well in in which different area. But there was a time. Like if I went back eight or nine years ago where I did it all, like I did, All of it. I was not good at bringing Tom into it, especially before our house was simplified. I did not involve the kids so much because I thought like, oh my goodness, they're so overwhelmed by all of this stuff. How can I expect them to even pick up their toys because it was so much? so as we have highly simplified and decluttered our home it became much easier to start to involve everyone the kids and tom and things because it just felt very manageable and doable and i didn't feel bad asking anyone to help because it was manageable so i would encourage you if you are still spending more time than you would like that we continue to invite our kids to help more to practice letting them help you know uh figuring out where it might be helpful to include our spouse or partner some more, but also continue, keep working to declutter and simplify our home. Like our homeschool is really simple. (laughs) Like I don't even have lots of like craft supplies or games or manipulatives or extra curriculums around because I know myself and I would not enjoy it as much if there was that stuff. And I knew I couldn't manage it as easily. And so if any area of your home or your day where it's like, oh, this still just like, I get that like, oh, I have to do that kind of feeling. Look and say, could I reduce the inventory in this area even further? Kids, toys, laundry. Like it's very counterintuitive to say, if we would reduce the amount of clothing each of us has that's going to make laundry go so much better and therefore our whole house is going to feel cleaner because there's not random baskets or piles of laundry around the house that is still pretty counterintuitive for most of us or that you know reducing the number of dishes so everyone in our house has to load the dishwasher or wash dishes after a meal again for some that would feel like well that Feels like it's creating more work or but unless you have tried it (laughs) you might not realize that it actually creates this like self-sustaining ecosystem in your house where it's just like becomes very second nature for everyone to you know wash their dishes or to make sure their bath towel gets in the laundry if they want to have a bath towel again for the next day so by continuing to limit the inventory i feel like that is what really makes it possible for that time that I spend each day to stay very minimal and for it not to like begin to expand again. And anytime it does feel like it's it's starting to expand or I have that like, oh, I can't, I don't want to do this. I don't want to clean the kitchen. I don't, I'm i like, oh, I bet that's a sign the inventory has crept up because actually like I enjoy maintaining our house now and keeping it picked up and tidy and cleaned and, you know, and it's uh, not a big deal at all to, to involve the kids because we have practiced that. So I have talked about that more in other podcast episodes. So I don't want to like go into all the knitting Gritty, again of how I involve them. And we can link to the podcast where I talk about that. But it is something that takes practice. If you do have younger kids, then I do admit like, yes, you probably will be spending more time than 30 to 40 minutes. But it's the perfect training time <laughs> where we're training them uh, that this is how our household works. And this is how we do things. And they get to practice it. And we make adjustments as we go. I have a chronic illness no energy. So the doctors have encouraged me to use the dishwasher, which means I do have more dishes. Do you have any advice for people who are chronically ill and unable to go strictly minimal? This is such a good question. And Of course, my disclaimer up front is that I don't have personal experience with something like this, but I really have been trying to learn more about it. I definitely empathize with those of you um, who have limited energy and physical limitations. I've really wanted to learn this well so that we can help each other (laughs) with it, right? Number one... I think there if you really took inventory of which areas in my home might I need to have a little more inventory because I might not be able to do laundry every day or because I don't do the dishes after each time I eat, that there's probably actually only a few areas where you might need to have a little bit more inventory, like you said, with dishes or laundry or maybe bed sheets uh, because you have someone help you with laundry and you don't do it as frequently, So, but you still want to change out your linens every so often. As you're much more realistic about your energy limitations and physical limitations it's not practical to have extra inventory in many many other places so you probably won't need as many serving dishes or linens decorative linens or for entertaining or hosting um, big events you might decide to pare down your craft supplies or other hobby items you might realize that yes I need to have enough laundry so I can go a week but I'm not wearing dressy clothes or fancy clothes or I don't need all those shoes or handbags or all these other things (laughs) that we have acquired over the years and for those of you who do have um, physical limitations and energy limitations or, you know, just bandwidth, right? Where you're just like, well, I physically probably could do something, but I don't feel like it and I don't want to. And that's that's my hurdle each day, right? Is to, to actually do it. Then you especially benefit from having a highly simplified home and space. If you can get there, we'll talk about the limitation then of like actually getting your house fully decluttered, but how good would it feel to live in a home where you don't have all of this stuff mocking you? You don't have the old craft and hobby supplies saying why aren't you doing me you don't have lots of books saying why aren't you reading me dress clothes why aren't you wearing me and shoes and why did you spend money on me and now you're not using me and so if we would highly streamline our space set it up to serve us for our current reality by really limiting the things, that that would feel really good. I was surprised this past uh, Sunday. We just didn't have anything on the calendar. And so we had this whole afternoon of just free time. And the girls were away at a training thing for a camp they're going to. And so just the boys were home. And it was Tom and I. And it was sunny. And it was beautiful, but still cold, right? We're in Minnesota. So you had to be inside. And I was like, oh my goodness, I can choose whatever I want to do today because I don't feel like I have to be cleaning or organizing. And so I sat in the chair in our bedroom and I read a fiction book. Like it was like a, you know, a mystery one where you like really get into it and you don't want to put it down. And I had a can of uh, caffeine-free diet Coke and just sat in the sunshine and read. And I'm like, how incredible that I can just sit here and do this today because I'm on top of all the things I'm I'm managing. It doesn't mean my to-do list is done, but I have a good grasp on it. I don't have to be feeling like I should be cleaning or organizing or anything like that right now. And I could just fully just sit there and enjoy the time and not have to be doing anything. That's where I feel like giving you permission to say, hey, it's okay. You can let go of the hobby things and the craft things and the extra clothes and the extra blankets and the extra bath and body stuff and all these things the serving dishes and and all the things that we've acquired and you can right now say you know what for me if I have a free weekend that's not how I want to be spending my time or if I do end up with a little bit of extra energy or physical energy I don't want to be spending it managing things I want to get that stuff out and there's other ways that I would use that extra burst of time or energy that I get. Now, it's kind of chicken and egg though for those of you who do have physical limitations because it's a lot of work to declutter your house. It's a lot of physical work. It's a lot of mental work, You know all of these decisions. And so we really have to go into it with the mindset of, I'm getting rid of 90% of this stuff. I am setting up my house and my atmosphere to serve me right now and not the other way around. And therefore, most of this stuff has to go and that's okay. I acquired this stuff at a different season in life, I had ideas and plans of how I would be able to use and spend my time, that's not my current reality. So the most kindest thing you can do for yourself right now is to say, that's okay, I'm gonna move this stuff out so it's not continuing to mock me and you might have to recruit outside help to be able to do so. I know many often don't want to bring people in from the outside to help them with this because either we can feel embarrassed about the stuff we've accumulated, that it's not better organized or taken care of, we don't really know what's in there, like what are we gonna come across as we're pulling it out. But if you would be willing to invite someone else in um, to help you, whether it's a friend or a family member, maybe even hire someone you know for a few hours here and there that does organizing, people that do organizing also generally help with decluttering, that it's gonna be a, a really good investment that is gonna continue to pay off. Because if you really can get your house simplified and just set it up to serve you now in your current reality, the mental burden that is gonna be lifted is, it's incredible, like it, it's so powerful. And so I think it would be a really good investment. Or if you do have people around you, so many people around you want to feel needed and they want to help. Like if you would invite them in and allow them to help you and let them know upfront like what your goals are for your space, I just think you're going to find so much freedom in that. So that would be my encouragement to you is to just be really aware of your current reality, how much time and energy you have to be using all the stuff and really tailor your space to serve that season that you're in right now. Hi, Don. One of the things that I feel like isn't addressed a lot is how to get yourself out of the messy middle. We can get ourselves to the messy middle, but then it just seems like get stuck here. Oh, yes. This is so good. <laughs> I love this. Oh, we can all get ourselves into the messy middle, <laughs> right? So when you're decluttering your home, Um, we like often there's kind of a, we call it like a success path, like a path we go through. So in the beginning you're excited and you're like, yes, I I want to live simply. Maybe you don't want to like be an all out minimalist, but you're like, I see the value of having so much less stuff to manage. And so you're excited and you get started. And before you know it, you find yourself in the messy middle where you've made progress. You maybe even feel, I mean, I just remember feeling like I have made 84 trips to Goodwill and yet I come back home and a day or two later I look around and I'm like, But there's still so much more. There's so much more. And so we get to this point where we start to feel discouraged. We're like, am I even making any progress? Meanwhile, we still have to do all the daily upkeep of our house, right? We have to clean and cook and do all those things. And so it can feel very discouraging. So here's always what my my struggle is, is that I'm not trying to sell you anything. I try to offer as many free resources as possible. But sometimes we need extra support around us and we can't always do it all on our own. So some of the best ways that we have come up with to offer that to you is like our take your house back course. We'll be doing another all day to clutter the end of April. So we'll start talking about that again in April. Also, I have our mentorship group. It's $15 a month, but in there we do body doubling. We do challenges. Like we, every week we do a weekend challenge. Um, like this past weekend we did the time-lapse tango where we use the, the time-lapse feature on our cell phone and you picked an area and then you like went all in for five, 10, 15 minutes and you did a time-lapse and it's so gratifying <laughs> to watch it back. Uh, we do scavenger hunts. We do, uh, you know, we're focusing on, um, sentimental items this month. So we have different focuses. We do challenges. We body double. Body doubling is huge. So we can, I can offer that virtually. Like I said, it's like $15 a month. I'm not trying to sell you anything. If you have someone in your natural context, that can help you, not even physically help you. If they can just provide some accountability, a date and time on the calendar where you can body double with them, it is huge. Body doubling is one of the most effective tactics that I'm learning from everyone that I get to work with. They're like, it's all about the body doubling. It's body doubling. It's having someone else alongside you. Now, I think you can even body double with older kids. Your spouse can be hit or miss. For some people, that's encouraging. You want to make sure your body double, it's like a positive experience. And again, when I mean body doubling, it's just simply working alongside someone else. They don't even have to be working on the same thing as you, and we can do it virtually. So that's why a lot of people will put on YouTube videos in the background and so for many you can put on a youtube video a podcast something like that and get going and make good progress but for others we need more like the dates and the appointments and that's where if you do invest in like a resource like a course or mentorship group those then become built in for you. But if you have people in your natural context, um, maybe it's a friend and you're like, hey, I need to declutter my house. Do you have any decluttering you need to do? And like probably most likely they do too. And you could say, hey, could we just commit on Saturday morning, nine o'clock? We're gonna FaceTime. I'm gonna work on this space be like define what it is you want to work on and for how long what your goal is for that space and then you can work on your space um, another thing that can be really helpful is like our mantra in our mentorship group is five minutes matters often when we're decluttering we glamorize the full weekend declutters and i'm gonna rent a dumpster and i'm gonna get a babysitter and i'm gonna go all in but that is in, unless you're very seasoned you have strong decluttering muscles um we get overwhelmed very quickly and so often when we set aside these big chunks of time or like, I'm going to do the full basement or the full attic or my full kid's bedroom. We get decision fatigue. We get tired. We get discouraged. We feel like we're not making any progress. We're like, oh, I did this again. I made this big mess and now I lost all energy and I'm not going to get it pulled back together. Um, So it often doesn't go as we planned. So if that has happened to you, there's nothing wrong with you. But we say five minutes matters because you could tackle a drawer or a shelf in your linen closet or a section of kids' toys or a section of your children's bedroom or a section of your bedroom, and you set the timer for five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and you just find a one small area to focus on, and you make progress, and it feels good, and then we stop. And then maybe later the same day you want to do another session, maybe you wait till the next day. But when we do this every single day, we start to make progress. We get faster at making decisions. We build up the cluttering momentum. That's really what we need is the momentum to keep going day after day. And before you know it, then you really start to feel like you have made progress in your space. So those are some of my best tactics for helping people out of the messy middle. Body doubling, definitely. Five minutes matters. And if you need to invest in some kind of resource, it'll be the best investment that you ever make. Decluttering our house, I can't even, the the benefits. What has happened in my life because we have highly simplified our house, it would be worth paying thousands of dollars every year for a course or a coach or someone to come in and help me. And I know many of us don't have that kind of resources to put towards it, but the value of getting your house decluttered, it is so huge that if you have to invest a little bit on the front end, I feel like it is gonna pay you back year after year after year. I mean, it is just, the the investment is so incredibly worthwhile. It's like guaranteed that you're gonna have huge results. You're gonna make that money back every month by things you don't buy, things you don't lose, things you don't have to replace. I mean, it's such a small investment for the disproportionate return that you're gonna get from it. I believe that. I've often I've said, I'm like, I will, if I could offer some kind of like money back guarantee, like I totally would. I don't know. I don't know, I don't wanna get myself in trouble, but it will continue to pay back over and over and over again. Hey Dawn, Andrea here. I wanna ask you a question about living spaces as kids get into teen years. We also have a very small house at 1500 square feet. I want to be that House that my kids' friends can come and hang out at, but I'm wondering how that's possible when. We know that we only have one living space. So does that mean parents and siblings stay in our bedrooms so the kids have time in the living room by themselves? We've run into this definitely with our house too, that it's like if someone, if any of the kids are having friends over, like they kind of get the main living areas of the house, right? That kind of becomes theirs because there isn't, like there's not enough room in their bedrooms either. And so I think it's important to remember, well, depending on the span of your kid's ages, I look at it, I'm like, this is actually a pretty short season in our life where we'll have to juggle this and figure it out. And so yes, we generally then, like if Adeline is having friends over, either like we'll send the boys down to my parents' house or um, it is like, hey, you're gonna go in our bedroom and watch a show or, or do something in there. Or I mean, if it's nice out, you'll go outside. I think it can also be helpful to um, create like a hangout si- space outside, often when Adeline goes to like friend's house, they'll just have a fire outside even if it's – like so if it's cooler out, they can um, hang out outside. You can watch movies outside. I mean there's so much that can be done outside now depending on where you live. So I definitely think creating a space like that where kids can hang out – I mean I'll, I'm amazed how it'll be cold outside <laughs> and they're like if there's a fire going, they'll hang outside and they'll dress warm and all of that because they would almost – they would like rather be outside I think away, away from the parents and everything i totally empathize with your situation and i do think it is worth continuing to brainstorm and figure out like yes where is everybody going to go and that you know what we will it's a little uncomfortable at times but we will make that a priority because it is important to us that our kids hang out and we like having them at our house and everything but other than that i don't know that there's any good easy solution i do know that as we have continued to simplify our house it has made having kids over so much easier that when adeline's like hey could we have you know some people over this weekend and I no longer have to think in my head, about, "Oh, crud! I need two days ahead of time to clean and prepare and all that." Right? That is like, "Hey, yeah, we can be party ready in like an hour," <laughs> and that feels so good. So, um, and even when they do need to spend time in their bedrooms, then if if someone's having friends over and the other kids need to be in their room or our room, because they're so highly simplified, it's really not that big of a deal either. So, I've been I've been really grateful for that and having all of the spaces in our house simplified so that we can host whenever the kids want to, and that has been really cool i'm really i'm really glad for that and i know my mom's listening to her right now and i don't want her to think it was always like a four day a prep thing if we were gonna have friends over at her house growing up but mom i don't fault you at all right like she worked her butt off and there was just only so many hours in the day and so this is in no way me getting down on my childhood or anything like that i just see the value in it now that it's much easier <laughs> to have people over uh but now that it doesn't take so long to prepare so i have a question on books we have four kids and we homeschool them. Is it better to keep the books or get rid of the books and just go to the library so you don't have all these books sitting around that you really don't read a lot of? So this is where all the other homeschooling moms will stop following me and like disagree with me. I don't like keeping a lot of book inventory. Uh, it stresses me out, I don't like management managing it, and I agree with you that they don't get read. Just having a lot of books doesn't mean the kids are gonna read them or that, that somehow we're valuing reading more if we have a lot of books. So what's fascinating to me in the book, Simplicity Parenting, Kim John Payne, it talks about how kids love Repetition—they love things that are familiar—and so he'll even recommend having less than two dozen books available for kids at any given time. Whether that means you utilize the library or you rotate them out. And a little while back, Ariel from that awkward mom, she did—we uh, did a video together—and I had encouraged her to go down to less than twenty books in her son's room, and so she pared it down to fifteen and she said she could not believe how much more he read and enjoyed interacting with the book she'd go in and he'd be sitting there reading them when he had fewer and so our kids get overwhelmed by inventory really quickly and easily and again we often think like oh well if we want to foster a love for reading then we need to have lots of books and Again, kids find a lot of comfort in repetition, reading the same books over and over. They love to get to the point where they can like read it even before they're reading because they've memorized it and they know it so well. And so don't discount the value of rereading the same books. So that's kind of in regards to children's books and, and younger books. When it comes to books like for curriculum, Again, unless I know for sure I'm gonna use it with another child, I don't keep it. I like to pass it on and share it with others. If there's something that's super special, I'm like, this is really cool, maybe we'll revisit this again, then I will keep it. But everything right now fits in our bookshelves behind um, our girl's desk and then a little bit in that cabinet upstairs. But we're talking like this much space. And I keep, so I just keep it very simplified and pared down mostly to just what we're using right now. Now, again, there can be an exception where some parents have um, books that they've acquired or curriculums that are out of print. They're worried that this will never be accessible again. But you have to really have a passion around preserving that, archiving it, knowing why you're keeping it and why it's important to you. and for For me, I don't have that kind of value for it. And so I've decided for myself that I'm not going to try and archive all of the out-of-print things or things that might become scarce in the future. That's just not my priority. It's not where my passion lies and therefore it felt very overwhelming to me to try and manage that. And so that's where I want to give you permission to manage as much book inventory and curriculum inventory as you can manage. Like. If I'm so stressed out by all of the books and like I'm feeling anxious because our homeschool space is cluttered and there's all this curriculum and all these books, well, that's kind of counterproductive to the environment I'm trying to create in my homeschool. And so do I have the capacity and the bandwidth to manage and archive and to keep track of all of this books and curriculum? And if you do and you love it and you enjoy it, that's awesome. If not, we might have to let it go or let some of it go. And that can be hard. I know uh, homeschool moms get very attached to books some of you who are teachers or uh, former teachers get very attached to books but again we have to be very realistic about how much time and energy am I willing to dedicate to managing books and those types of things uh, day in week out weekend week out and all that kind of stuff and for me I really enjoy homeschooling more when we have a very low inventory I feel like my kids are more focused and they enjoy it more with low inventory there's many different methods and ways to homeschool. But for us, for me, that is what works best. And if you are feeling stressed out or overwhelmed by your homeschool or your homeschool space, then it might be time to look at reducing the inventory a little bit. Well, thank you so much for submitting your questions. I love being able to hear you asking the question as well. So I'm going to put a link down below if you want to leave like a voicemail style question too. And don't worry about like messing up or we we edit out like ums or gaps or, you know, if you have to start and stop, it's, we're not looking for perfection here, right? I just really enjoy hearing it in your own voice. And we'll definitely look forward to answering uh, more questions in the future as we go. All right. Well, I love you. I hope you have a really good day and I'll look forward to visiting with you again soon. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you're looking for more support, be sure to check out The Minimal Mom on YouTube too, and we'll see you next time.